Welcome to the Anonymous Andrew Podcast. Life and the choices we make. The choices other people make. Why we choose to ignore the red flags. Red flags like gaslighting, cheating, addiction, mental illness, and much more. What role do they play in relationships? Follow me each week as we discuss these topics with anonymous guests and experts to hopefully become better humans, resulting in better choices. Like I say, been there, still doing that. Now on to the show. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Anonymous Andrew. And I have a special guest with us today. I do have someone who wants to share his story. He was in a relationship um, for many, many years, and um, he experienced much of what I experienced. So I'm going to introduce you to Paul, and I'll let Paul take it over. Paul, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, um, about this relationship? Okay, well, I was with a woman, we were married actually 25 years, um, and we were together for about 25 years. Um, there's a story behind that, but it's really not important. Um, but suffice it to say that I met this woman and she was one of the best girlfriends I ever had. Great girlfriend, generous, uh, very sexy, voluptuous, beautiful, all that stuff. And um, she was great. And at some point, uh, I did want to get married and she wanted to get married too. And uh, that was, I guess, maybe part of our criteria uh, when we were dating. And we wanted to have kids. So at some point she said that... Um, she might have problems having uh, getting pregnant. So since that would have probably been a deal breaker for me, I was like, all right, well, let's try, you know? So um, we started, you know, um, not using anything to see if she would get pregnant. Uh, and she did. So she got pregnant, and I would say about three months after we started trying. And as soon as she told me she was pregnant, you know, I mean, it was one of those moments where, you know, the girl tells you she's pregnant and it's like, what are you going to do about it? And for me, it was an easy decision. I was like, oh, let's get married, you know? So we did. So we got married rather quickly um, and we had to do it twice, but that's another story too. That's not really important. Um, so my wife started, um, I guess, her, her crap as soon as she got pregnant and moved in with me. So for the entire pregnancy, she was said she was pretty sick and stayed home and um, didn't really do very much. And then I had a really nice apartment, a one-bedroom rent-stabilized apartment which if you live in New York City, you know, those are like gold. And she didn't want to have the baby there. So we had to move um, to a two bedroom, which was double the rent. And I was not very happy about it. But 
the guy at the rental place gave me some advice. He said, look, you're having a kid. He said, you're, you're going to be going to work. So if she's happy, just go with it, you know, make her happy because you'll be at work make, trying to make money to support this kid. So I said, you know what? He's right. So we moved and we went to this nice two bedroom apartment, um, double the rent. And fairly quickly, she decided to tell me that she wasn't going to go to work after this. And that's what I read uh, after many years later in my uh, relationship was what they call the, uh, the shit test. Because we had never discussed her not going to work. She had a job. It wasn't the greatest job, but she had a job. She had a career. And, you know, I thought she would help help me with, you know, supporting the, the family, you know, the baby, the, the future that we were going to have together. And she decided she was not going to do that anymore. So are you, wait, let, me, let me ask, is this after the baby's born and still a toddler or after the baby has grown, is in like middle school? At what point in the child's life? Before she gave birth. This was towards the end of her pregnancy. Okay. I would say the second trimester, third trimester, maybe, maybe just before the third trimester, six months or so. And it's like, well, you know, what am I going to do about it at this point? You know, am I going to get divorced? You know, it's like, I'm going to have to pay for everything, pay for the baby, pay for her and, you know, not get, you know, the benefit of, of being with my kid, you know. Uh, of having a wife, you know, of having sex with my wife, my beautiful wife. Um, And I was like, what am I going to do about it? You know? So I was like, all right, whatever. Uh, Not much I could do about it. So that's, that's what I learned was the shit test. It's like, how much shit will you put up with? And if you don't say no or cross the line, they'll continue. So, you know, I went to work and try to support the family um, as best I could. And um, she got pregnant again after about two more years. And, um, you know, that was partially my fault. I didn't want to wait, you know, I didn't want to have another kid in two years, but, you know, uh, as things happen, sometimes, you know, we're not careful and, you know, kid number two comes. And um, her argument that she wasn't going to go back to work because she wouldn't make that much money and she wouldn't, um, she would just be giving it to the babysitter, um, was somewhat fishy with one kid because she would have made more than we would have paid the babysitter. But once she had two kids, it was like, all right, now you have more of a point. And anyway, you're not going to work anyway, so I'm just going to go to work. And then eventually we had three kids. We moved to a house um, just before the third child. And then it's like, forget it. Well, you know, you might as well stay home because, you know, the amount we're going to pay for three kids, you know, you're just, you're just, it's not worth it, you know? So my wife, um, you know, she was a fairly good mother, I would say. Um, I wouldn't say she was a great housekeeper. She was a great cook, great cook, um, great in bed. I was very happy in that department and very happy with her cooking. (laughs) Mom, she was a good mom, but I think she was a little overprotective. 
and she never really let me put my two cents in really where it came to the kids. Um, she was a teacher. So she had studied early education and all this stuff. And um, I always kind of gave in to her when it came to the kids because I thought maybe she knows better about this stuff. Um, but she never really was too interested in, in my opinion when it came to the kids. It was like, you know, she'd listen to it, but if she didn't agree with it, you know, she went ahead with what she wanted. So for many years, um, well, we kind of went along like this, you know, the kids grew up. I went to work. I had a job where I didn't always like, but I put up with it because I kind of had no choice. I had an entire family to support. I had to have health benefits and all this nonsense. A couple of my kids had, you know, medical issues. So there was like no choice. This was before Obamacare. Um, and, you know, if you had a pre-existing condition, well, you know, too bad, you know, the insurance company wouldn't cover you if you had a pre-existing condition. So I had to stay in this job, in this career, which I grew at times to hate because I had to take care of my kids. So anyway, um, it was never, um, I was never going to be a rich man at this job, but it was a good job with good benefits. And at some point, I lost this job. I worked there for a long time, uh, 28 years. And, um, well, that's when the problems start. Because if I had made enough money for my wife to spend it uh, recklessly, we wouldn't have had a, a problem. Um, I should also say that my wife was horrible with money. She was great at spending it not great at making it and not great at, um, you know, managing it. I mean, I would tell her, look, if you're not going to go to work, you know, and I tell you, this is all we can make, all we can spend, you know, at least listen to me. And she never would. Um, one time she came home. This is before I lost my job. One time she, I came home and she would always buy stuff from um, QVC, those uh, shopping networks. Right. And I would only find boxes in the in the in the garbage, you know, because she would buy it and like try to throw away the boxes. And so I wouldn't see what she bought. Um, one time I came home and she bought about two hundred dollars worth of absolute junk, which we did not need. Um, she went to Target. Um, I, I think it was Target and she just bought it was just stuff that we didn't need and we certainly couldn't afford. And I started yelling at her and screaming at her about this. And um, she ended up actually picking up a knife and um, threatening me with it, like not to come near her. Now, I was never going to come near her. You know, I would never I would never hit a woman. I, that's not my thing. You know, I can't. You know, I, I mean, even though she might have deserved it many a time. I just couldn't do it, you know, and um, she started threatening me because she said, well, after she called the cops, she said that she felt threatened. So anyway, I did kind of give it away there. She called the cops. Now, all I did was scream at her and yell at her about the money, which I felt like I had a right to. Um, she was the one that pulled out. I mean, it was like a. a kitchen knife you know one of those you know chef's knives a big 
goddamn eight inch knife or something. And she was holding it, you know, like to keep me away. I wasn't even near her, you know. And the cops came and, you know, she told them that I had threatened her and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. So, um, well, anyway, um, I asked the cops, well, you know, did she tell you she pulled a knife on me? And she said, no. They said, no, she didn't say that. And I said, well, she did. And, you know, because they didn't see anything they didn't pull. Well, I did say that I lost my job. And that was before I lost my job. But after I lost my job, we started having more and more problems. And the cops were at my house, I would say, 10 times. Um, at some point after I lost my job, she decided I was no longer good enough to sleep in the bed, which I was paying for in the house that I was paying for, the bedroom that I was paying for. She didn't want me in there. So she... Um, decided to lock me out. We had one of those thumb locks on the bedroom door that you could lock from the inside. Right. She decided to lock me out. And I remember one time, um, I really needed to sleep. I was going to work. I, I had another job at this point, making less money, but it was still a job. And it wasn't good enough for her. So she, she decided, oh, that's not good enough. You have to sleep in the basement. So I would go to sleep in the basement. You know, I did not get good sleep there. I eventually bought like one of those futon sofas so I could, you know, get a better night's sleep. It just wasn't good. And sometimes I really just wanted to go back in my bed. And she locked me out. And one night I took uh, tools and I took the lock off the door. And she's like, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she called the cops. And the cops said that I can't do that. And I'm like, what do you mean I can't do that? It's my bed. I need to go to sleep. I got to go to work in the morning. She doesn't have to go to work. You're just sitting there lazy as shit. And, um, well, anyway. Um, the, cop, the cops told you that you couldn't remove an in the latch on the inside of your bedroom door. I couldn't remove the lock. Because hmm. I took the screws out of the lock. You know, the lock was, I guess, from the outside, the screws. So I couldn't take off the lock. And um, well, anyway, the cops left that time. And another time that she locked me out, um, I asked the cops if they could, if she could lock me out. And they said, no, she can't do that. So I called the cops and they said, that they told her you can't lock him out. You know, <laughs> I don't know, this went on, I don't know how many times, it was ridiculous. Um, and, and we started having problems and, you know, I worked at this company, which, which I won't name, um, for 28 years. So after I lost this job, you know, I really didn't know what to do with myself. I mean, I had been with this place for 28 years. I really didn't know any place else, you know. Um, you know, she said, you know, can you get a job at another company like this? And I was like, no, you know, they're all laying off. And... Um, you know, I and she was always comparing me to some of her girlfriends who had um, husbands who would get laid off and, and found jobs in other fields uh, rather quickly. And I said, well, you know, it doesn't my field is not growing. It's shrinking, you know. So I couldn't I couldn't find another job. And she had absolutely no sympathy for me. You know, I've been there 28 years. And. um 
you know, I, I, I could have used a little sympathy back then, a little understanding. She gave me about six months of that. And so I couldn't find a job in six months. So it's fair to say she wasn't empathetic towards not su supportive of the fact that you're the only you're the breadwinner in the home. You're doing your best to keep a roof over her and three kids, and she's making it difficult. And then you lose the job, and she gives you, um, I, I guess, crap about it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's about right. So I started talking, and I was not getting sex anymore. Um, she cut off the uh, sex supply, um, I guess, at some point, maybe that six-month point, and we're not having, you know, sex. And we're not even sleeping together. We're not even sleeping in the same bed. So I, decided, I started um, to look for kind of like a friend. You know, more than a lover, just like somebody to listen to, me, you know, and and be a little supportive. So I ended up going online um, and talking to this woman online. And, you know, I had no interest in her um, really sexually uh, attracted to her or anything like that. But she was a great listener. You know, and she was a good friend, you know, and she was supportive. She said the things that I needed to hear, you know, that, you know, basically that that sucks that they did that to you. And, you know, how are you doing with that? You know, she was she was very supportive. She validated your feelings and. Yes, yes. Exactly. You. Yeah, yeah. She validated my feelings. And we even met uh, three times. I wouldn't call them dates. They were just kind of like meetings with friends. But she was strictly a friend. To me, she was a friend. And anyway, um, my ex found out about this. And oh boy, the floodgates were open after that. Because even though nothing happened between me and this woman, you know, it didn't matter. She found out about it and she was livid, beyond livid. I think if she could have killed me and gotten away with it, she would have. And... Um, well, what can I say? Um, I found out she started, um, well, I found out that she had uh, sex with her cousin's wife's brother. Now, I didn't know this at the time, but I did know that she was getting together with him um, without me like 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 family gatherings were no longer okay for me to go to you know um she would go with the kids and would visit her family and i guess that's where this kind of struck up because he was having some problems with his wife and um i didn't know they had sex at the time but i had a suspicion because i found a birthday card to her and the things he wrote in that birthday card, not that he was very explicit or anything, but were the kind of things that a lover writes to another lover. You know, like, I can't live without you and blah, blah, blah. You know, you're my everything. I'm paraphrasing, but this right. kind of thing. And I was like, these people are fucking. You know, that's what I thought. <laughs> but I couldn't prove it, you know. 
Um, she did admit it to me uh, many years later. And I was like, well, I never had sex with that woman, you know, but whatever. I, I don't know how many times my wife cheated on me. We were still married. You know, we were not divorced. It was not okay to have sex with somebody else. Um, and I don't know how many times she may have cheated on me. It, it's possible she may have cheated on me other times. There were other times that I was suspicious um, because she was the kind of woman that I think was always trying to get a leg up. You know, always trying to like, uh, I don't know, get so, something from people. So it, you're, when you said you had a feeling she was uh, sleeping with somebody else, what, was this like a gut feeling, uh, an intuition? Um, a gut feeling, a suspicion. Yeah. Yeah. I could never prove it, but I think some of my neighbors, um, one of my neighbors um, offered to drive her sometimes to go visit her mother. Um, and I'm like, I didn't like that idea because he was married, uh, she was married. And this guy was always making comments about my wife. You know, he liked her. Um, she had, you know, she was voluptuous. She had a um, large breasts you know which and he was always making comments about it and i was like you know he was my neighbor otherwise i think i would have punched him out you know but i was like you know shut the fuck up you know this is my wife you're talking about you know and i was like where did where did he come off you know talking like that and i i don't know he offered to drive her uh you know several times to visit uh her mother and i thought something might have happened there. There was also another neighbor that I, uh, uh, he was smart enough not to say anything, but I always got, I got that feeling like, you know, you, you ever have a guy that like wink winks at you, you know, like something's going on, you know, I don't know. Just like, I got that feeling and, and I don't know. I just got that feeling. I could never prove it though. Well, and, and, and this is too, Similar to my story, there there were so many times that there there wasn't so much the uh, the red flags like in my story. If the audience listens to episode two, some of the red flags, um, it was just gut feelings or gut intuition telling me uh, odd behaviors, and then I started picking up signs. Mm -hmm. uh, like like you did you uh, like the neighbors were winking or, or whatever so yeah you, you you know but you can't at the time prove it you and, can't prove it right and you know i've been in relationships before uh some of them you know kind of long and when a woman uh did cheat on me i would get that feeling you know or suspicion and every time i got that I always was right. So it's like, you know, if you get that feeling, I, I just say, you know, trust your gut. Trust your gut. Absolutely. Yeah. That's because what I tell it, everybody. Trust yeah. it. Something is telling you this and it's not coming from nowhere. Right. But, you know, my wife would actually, you know, poo poo all this stuff. Like, you know, I told, you know, I, I told her about the neighbor, the one, you know, that, you know, liked her breasts and stuff. And, you know, she was like, oh, it's nothing. You know, he's not he's he would never do anything. 
Meanwhile, I found that he was having problems with his wife, and eventually he did cheat on a, on his wife, and he left his house for like nine months. And oddly enough, he ended up being with a woman who looked a hell of a lot like my wife. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know? And he also made some comments to me sometimes like that, uh, that she was too good for me. That uh, I, you know, that I, I was out of my league. Now, you know, uh, my wife was attractive, you know, I'll give her that. She was, you know, a very attractive woman. Um, but she also, you know, didn't work, didn't really have a career, you know, she didn't have a lot to offer in some of the other areas. And, you know, she wasn't the most attractive woman in the world. She wasn't like uh, Heidi Klum or something, you know, but she was, she was attractive. But I certainly don't think, you know, she was out of my league. As a matter of fact, I think, you know, she was kind of maybe lucky to be with me. Good. You know, lucky to be with a guy who was, you know, willing to put up with her shit and support her and give her the lifestyle that she felt that she was entitled to. Any other type of, um, so if you would confront her on your suspicions, you would get what type of answer? Like, uh, um, gaslit. Get, yeah. Exactly. Exactly, you know. You're paranoid. It's all, it's all you're crazy. Your yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you know. Yeah, what are you talking about? She wouldn't actually say that I'm crazy, but she would say, you know, she would poo-poo it, um, make make it seem like what I was talking about wasn't really true, uh, didn't exist, um, wasn't really there, you know. Uh, she would laugh about the neighbor across the street because he wasn't the most attractive guy. And, you know, she'd be like, you know, ew, you know, <laughs> what would, how could you think that, you know? And um, I don't know, just, and, and it wasn't the only time. I can't remember some other time. Oh, now another thing that came up was eventually she discovered Facebook. And uh, that was one maybe one of the worst things because she started contacting old friends, and one of the old friends that she contacted uh, was her ex-boyfriend. Oh boy! Yeah, and um, this was always the one that she would say to her girlfriends that he was the love of my life and blah blah blah. Uh, and I don't want to say too much about him, but um, well, let's just leave it at that. And um, I actually, you know, I I ended up installing a, uh, maybe I shouldn't have done this, but my suspicions were really strong at this point. So I ended up installing one of these like spyware things on, um, I guess it was the computer or something, you know? And I got some screenshots of him and her talking. And um, they were pretty horrible. I mean, they weren't anything like they had had sex, but they were talking about it. Certainly he was. And um, they were even talking about getting together. You know? So, I mean, at this point, you know, things were going bad. You know, she was contacting old boyfriends. I was talking to this girl. Um, She had been, you know 
you know, it got worse from there. We slept in separate beds. The cops were at our house. It was horrible. I started talking to divorce attorneys and, and so did she. And um, the thing is, you know, I'm, I'm not a rich man, you know, I'm not even, you know, I'm not even that well off. And, you know, to go through a divorce, uh, it costs, it's expensive. A lot of money. Yep. It's a lot of money. And then it's like, well, even if you got through it cleanly without spending a lot of money, well, how do you um, how do you have two separate lifestyles now? You, know, you have to afford that, uh, especially if she doesn't have any money or, you know, I guess in the reverse case, he doesn't have any money. You know, if one is, you know, a lot worse off financially than the other, the other one has to pay for that person. Sure. So I was like, great. You know, I would have to pay for her. I would have to pay for the kids. I'd have to pay for the house. You know, I was like, this is just a disaster. So I did the math at some point and I said, you know, uh, I, I don't think we can afford to get divorced. Let's just try to make the best of things, you know, at least until maybe the kids are in college, which at that point was maybe another six years. Um, wasn't a great option, but I was like, you know, look, Let's try to make the best of things. You know, we have to we have to live together. We can't afford two separate places. You know, uh, she didn't want to hear that. You know, she she just wanted me out at that point. And that's when she would call the cops, you know, regularly. Um, now, this was in wrote, this was in New York City. No, uh, no, this was in Long Island. We were okay. living in Long Island. Yeah, okay. we we you know, when we had our third kid, we moved to Long Island. And we lived there yeah, for a long time. You know. I would say uh, 20, 25 years. Certainly more than 22 years, let's say. And, um, well, so, what can I say? So, so, the, so the, the, the first discussion about divorce, while you suggested that you stay together for financial reasons, she didn't want that? She didn't want that. No, she wanted me out. So, what happened? Did 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 you well, file? I refused, I refused to leave. I was like, I'm not going to leave. So that's when she started torturing me and calling the cops for every little thing. That's when you know the bedroom door incident incidents came up. Um, and um, oh my god, it was so bad. I mean, the cops were at my house ten times. I counted them over the years. So you, because you wouldn't give her the divorce or, or right. pay for it, or she made your life miserable. Right. She tortured me. Yeah, she tortured me. Uh, one time, um, I, I contacted a woman. I won't get into the details, but I contacted a woman and she found out about it. Um, and she poured an entire cup of water in my laptop computer. Hmm. Now I had an Apple MacBook at the time. I think it cost about $900. She got mad at me, poured the whole thing into the computer, completely ruined it. I mean, I ran to the Apple store with it. You know, I tried to, and they were like, you have to make an appointment. You know, I have to yeah. I came back a week later. They said, you know, there's nothing they could do. It's ruined. It's right. Yeah, no. Water and, and laptops are like oil and vinegar. Yeah. So another time, um, 
I got another computer, uh, same same model, and I couldn't prove it, but I swear she stole it because I left the house. I was not even five minutes away from the house, and I realized that I had left it, left it in the house, or forgotten it, or or didn't have it, and I had brought it at that time. We were separated at this point, and um, separated as in living in separate. Living separately, living separately. Okay, okay. Um, I, I didn't get to that part yet, but um, she swears that she didn't have it, that it wasn't there. But I was like, where could it be? You know? So they went another $900, you know? Um, it, it was just horrible. So eventually, that the 10th time that the cops came to my house, it was a frigging disaster. There were no less than one, two, three, four Nassau County police vehicles at my house. You know, she had told them that I'm that I was crazy, um, that I was taking, you know, psychiatric meds and that I was um, I think she said bipolar. And that I was acting crazy. Uh, now, I wasn't bipolar, you know. I was taking some meds for being depressed, probably because of her, but um, that was it. And I didn't think I was acting crazy, but she had managed to convince the police. So the police came with the uh, police ambulance yep. in Nassau County. You know, the, the police do the ambulance um, in case I was crazy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the um, the the um, two police, I think it was two police squad cars uh, didn't really understand what to do with the situation so they called their i guess their captain or their supervisor maybe it was the sergeant because they didn't know what to do (laughs) i you know i was talking to one of the cops he was sympathetic to me you know the other they say they separate you in any of these domestic disputes they separate you right away so one cop one talks to one person the other talks to the other person um they talked to my daughter now my daughter uh, they showed um, my wife showed my daughter, I, I mean, my, um, my daughter's bedroom, my daughter liked to dress. I don't know. Maybe some girls do this. She would take all her clothes out and throw them on the ones that she didn't want to wear. She would throw on the floor. So her room was a friggin' disaster. We would just close the door. So she told the cops that I did that. Wow. You know, she lied. And she also said some other things about, you know, what I was doing that day. And she lied. And um, so one cop believed me. The other cop, you know, I guess believed her. I don't know. So they didn't know what to do. The, the supervisor said, you know, you can't stay here. Do you have a place to go? I said, yeah, I can go to my mom's. This is this is what I usually do in this situation. <laughs> you know, I had a fight with my wife. Couldn't take it and go to my mom's. So I, I said, yeah, I'll go to my mom's. She said, Why don't you go there? And, you know, you'll sort this out in the morning. So that's what we did. But I said, this is the last time, because I couldn't believe there were four of them at my house at the time, that she calls the cops on me. And that's when I made my decision that I wasn't coming back. So, um, that's when I guess the straw that broke the camel's back. But she continued to torture me. She didn't, she didn't like that I left her. You know, that was a sore spot. For her it was always like how dare you leave me you know i leave you you don't leave me you know and it's like no i couldn't take it anymore so i'm leaving you now we didn't get divorced for another three years 
because because of the finances, I couldn't figure it out. And I had enough to deal with, you know, just finding a place to stay and getting my life together a little bit. So for another three years, we didn't get divorced. But finally, we did. I I, I hear um, a lot of what the gaslighting, the deceit, deception, um, the reverse blaming, um, especially calling the, that's a new one on me is, is having, uh, I mean, I'm sure it happens all the time. Uh, domestic, I think the police get more domestic calls, um, these days than, than ever before, but, um, and they have to take them more seriously these days, uh, because back in the day they would, it wasn't as you know. I, I remember that I had that it, in my first marriage. There was a couple times the cops were called, um, and and they didn't. They don't want to have to go back to the precinct and write up the paperwork, you know. Or um, um, I, I I have a story from my a relationship where it was Thanksgiving and um, I I. I uh, the woman I was living with, uh, her sister was over and she didn't like me. And um, I, I don't remember what the whole thing was over, but it was something about the the, the sister of, of this woman I was with. She called the cops. And and now I, I legally own some firearms for um, hunting, although I do not kill animals. But um, anyway, she told them that I had firearms in the house and they were legal, but there was a restraining order the next morning. And, and they um, once there's a restraining order in place, they have to confiscate the weapons. And uh, sure enough, the sheriff showed up the next morning and took all all of my uh, my my legal firearms. And to this day, I've never gotten them back. Yeah, I uh, she did that too. She got a restraining order against me. For um, what? Because a restraining order. Yeah, you never laid a hand on her. I know, but you know the fact. All they have to say is they feel threatened. Yeah, that's it. Um, I think what happened is you know when she started having problems with me and she started contacting old friends and stuff, she started uh, you know dealing with women who were in a similar situation or who had gone through divorce divorcees or going through divorce and she started listening to these people and i think some of them told them that you know they call the cops to use it as like and get restraining orders to use it as leverage in the divorce yeah because they'll see it on record how many times the cops came to the house and and you're always the bad guy Mm-hmm. Do did you ever call the police, or it was always her? I called the police um, at least once or twice on her. Uh, one time when she locked me out, when I found out that she can't lock me out, I called the cops on her, and they explained to her that she can't lock me out. So <laughs> after that, I think um, she had to leave the door unlocked. That was maybe the third or fourth time that the police were called. When you when you say she locked you out, as out of the house or out of the bedroom? Out of the bedroom. Out of yeah, the bedroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Okay, so it sounds so. To to my theme of of my podcast is why do we put up with this? Um, uh-huh. Now 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 uh, you know the last relationship I was in, there was no children involved. Obviously, I'm much older. If anything, I have grandchildren now. Um, but in your situation, I, I can see. And there's two sides to uh, the theory of the stay with the kids, stay stay together for the kids' sake. And then there's the, the flip side of that, where they say it does more damage to the kids to see this uh, unstable household. So there's two theories. Uh, right, depend, right. Depend, yeah, depending on who you talk to. I've Listening to podcasts, I've, I've heard both arguments, and they both have valid points. Um, Absolutely. In in your case, staying there financially made sense, but in the long run, um, it it can hurt the kids, especially if they keep seeing police show up. Um, Yeah, yeah. But why? But why do? But to 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 the again to the theme is at at the first sign of cheating, or the first sign of deception, or the first sign of gaslighting, or or however you want to describe your experience you know why do we stay why why didn't we at some point say i can't take this i mean ultimately you did you left but that right. took 25 years yeah yeah i guess so yeah yeah i mean we're married for 23 or 22 at that point but yeah i eventually i couldn't take it no more yeah no i don't blame you i, I mean it's, yeah. it's, your, your 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 sanity begins to crumble and and, and i mean then, I mean, for a long time, you know, we just kind of went along, you know, I mean, when things were like, um, I mean, I would say there were years where we were happy, you know, I mean, when we were raising the kids and everything was going well. Um, And then there were years where they were just okay, you know, like, all right, we're raising the kids. Um, Things aren't going great, but they're not going bad either you know so it's just kind of like uh i don't know flowing down the river you know it's just like uh i didn't really have a reason to leave you know um was i super happy no but a lot of marriages aren't super happy but you know um we're raising the kids um i'm having a good um sexual relationship with her emotionally uh it was pretty good um but when all that stopped, when when the locking you out of the bedroom and uh, the denial of sex and yeah. the calling of the police, it was yeah. that that moment forward is is where, um, you know, I, I, listen. I, yeah. I, I'm, Why I'm, did I stay then? Right. I'm, right. I'm I'm trying to be objective here. I'm listening uh-huh. to your story, um, and we're both men talking about a relationship with a woman. But uh-huh. but I, I I want to be objective here and and because from what I'm hearing from you, you were the breadwinner. You had a woman who told you in her trimester that she was not going to work, right. and and you produced three children and somebody had to pay the bills and that was you, right? Um, so it sounds to to me. Um, it sounds that she she didn't respect 
or support your, especially when you got let go and you had to find another job. Um, I, I would like to think that a partner would step up and say, hey, I'll go get a part-time job. Yep. Um, yep. And help yep. out and help pay some of the bills. So, right. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. You know, um, I didn't get a good job. Um, and, um, you know, if we had at the time three jobs, we had three people capable of working, one of them, which would have been my son. Um, I said, if all three of us can get jobs, you know, we could keep the house. You know, we could pay yeah. the bills. Especially but, when, when the kids are 16, 17, and 18. They can absolutely be working as a kid. Yeah. Here someplace. I, listen, exactly. when I, grew, I grew up and I, I even had, uh, I, I've told this story. I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I had all the good things. But my father didn't hand me money. You know, I mean, he paid for my education and I had a nice roof of my house and good community, good schooling. But um, I was told that I had to get a job. And um, and I did. I did. I, um, one of my very first jobs was, um, I think, 14 or 15, putting Christmas trees on people's cars during the holidays. You know, you tie them up. And, um, oh, yeah, so, yeah, sure. So on and so yeah. forth. Paul, I I I I want to thank you for coming on. Um, I, I folks, I know Paul. Um, we we have a we have a common um, theme in in our lives. That so I know him, um, Paul. Maybe I'll have you back in 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 I don't know a couple of weeks, a month. There is another part of your life if you would like to share that, that I know about, um, I, 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 I'm not going to disclose it, but it is what your current situation is. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I would like to talk about that. Um, if you are willing to, um, I, I know, I know it's caused you a lot of angst in the past couple of years. Uh, so people, uh, Paul has moved on, obviously, from the marriage, and he now has a new woman in his life. How long have you been with this, the current one? Oh, um, about six years, I would yeah. say. Yeah. So there's another whole story, but with a different twist to Paul's second story. So I, I would like, you know, you and I will talk off camera, uh, off, okay. off mic, and um, if it's something you're comfortable talking about, um, mm -hmm. some of the things that you you and I have talked about, uh, because that's another whole topic. Yeah, it's a different theme. Different altogether. Entirely, nothing yeah, nothing yeah. to do with gaslighting. Nothing to do with red flags. Um, but it but it is something that uh, I um, I would like my audience to hear and. Um, because okay. again, you know, when I started this podcast and told my story, I said, I can't be the only one out there experiencing this. And I got, oh my God, within the first couple of weeks, I got floods of people on Facebook, Instagram, emails, um, all over the place saying, no, no, you're not alone. We, I went to this and so, um, and you were one of them. So um, I, I, I really appreciate you coming on and telling your side um, and, you know, 
in, in fairness, in, in a, but you know, if this was Dr. Phil, Dr. Phil would have your wife on and, and, <laughs> and, and, and he would have her give her side of the story. But I, I, I you know, I, I don't think we need that. And I, I think it is, um, I, I believe your version. Um, I know you and I know that you're a hard worker. As a matter of fact, folks, Paul um, is working right now and he has um, odd hours um, and he works extremely hard. We're not going to talk about what you do, but um, he's literally at his job right now and he's got you know, like an hour in between his next um gig i guess we'll just leave it at that um so so i know i know paul is a hard worker and um is not a slouch so i can i can vouch for you on that um so i know that when you were building a family um i i know you that you went out and you worked and and just to have somebody who's to say no i'm not gonna you know, at least when the kids got old enough to go to school, she could have gone out and got a part time, especially if she had a teaching degree. She could have mm -hmm. done substitute teaching somewhere at a school and, oh, you know, got so there. Many by, things. Yeah. And, and then got home before the kids got home from school. And um, there would have been that second income. It would have made your life so much easier. Yeah. I so. even offered to put her through, she had a two year degree. And I even offered to put her through for the next two years so she could get a full license and maybe get into a system and get a good job. I mean, teaching is a good job, has good benefits, maybe doesn't pay the most, but uh, it's very secure and, you know, it's stable and it would have been it would have been great. But she didn't want to do it. She would rather yeah. sit on her butt. Yeah, I, I think she <laughs> I think she picked you to be the father of her children, uh, uh, clearly she wanted children and but she didn't want to work um and listen the, the again there's two theories to that there's uh -huh. the whole world of stay-at-home moms uh -huh. which the, there's a, a concept where the stay-at-home moms are better off for the kids because the kids get better educations and the, and the parents right. and then right, there's right. The, flip, the flip side is where both parents need to work uh, it mm -hmm. depends. It depends on the socioeconomic status of of and and also where you live. I mean, we exactly. live, you know, Long Island. That most people require yeah. two jobs. Two jobs. You know? Yeah, Long yeah. Island is. I I don't know the stats, but it's probably one of the most expensive places to live in the United States. Right. So Nassau County. I guess, has... I, I guess the main thing also was this is not what we agreed to the entire time we were dating. You know, well, this well, is like something she sprung on me after she was already, you know, with pregnant. a child. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, and it was too late to get an abortion or anything like that. It was way, way too far. Yeah, and, and that's a form of gaslighting. There, that's um, yeah. Let's have children, and um, but I'm, but then after the fact, I'm not going to work. So, all right, Paul, um, you you got work to do, and I got. Um, okay. Let me let me go edit this. But I listen. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing the story. We'll talk okay. again about um, your second story if you want to share that, and we'll have you back if that's okay with you. Okay. And um, again, thank you, and and um, all the best to you. <laughs> okay. okay. Thank thank you. Thank you.
Good. All I right. was, uh, appreciated that uh, expressing, letting me uh, tell my story. It feels good, doesn't it? Sometimes just to get it out. Yeah, you know? yeah, it does. It does. Okay. All right, Paul. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Oh.